So while there was some headlines made by WWE this past week, everybody's talking about what happened, not just in ring AEW, but out of the ring. And we're going to talk about it all next on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, pretty much anything on social media in the wrestling community right now is revolving around CM Punk and the Elite and this backstage altercation that happened. We don't know the full details. There's an investigation. What's Tony Khan going to do about it? Well, he opened up AEW Dynamite this week by vacating the AEW World and AEW Trios Championships. Actually, one of those titles are already decided, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. But the AEW World Championship is going to be decided in a tournament of champions. Chris Jericho going to face Brian Danielson, who beat Hangman Page. John Moxley will face the winner of Sammy Guevara. And Darby Allen on Rampage, the winner of those two matches, will meet at AEW Dynamite Grand Slam. Your thoughts on, first off, the fact that Tony Khan vacated these titles and seems like he has suspended, at least suspended, the Elite and CM Punk and maybe further repercussions could be heading down on either side, maybe even both sides. In CM Punk's case, in CM Punk's situation, apparently he's hurt. There's some sort of triceps injury, which I texted you. I said, look, I think CM Punk got hurt again. I said that literally as the match was going on. Now, of course, this is the, the probably the biggest story in wrestling, probably since Vince McMahon's whole allegation, the, the, the hush money, all that type of stuff. This is this is a pretty big deal. Tony Khan was in a situation where, like, what decision do you make? You're going to obviously piss some people off. You're going to obviously piss off some of the talent. You're in that position because you have to make those tough decisions. I think last night, going into uh, Dynamite, I was certainly not as optimistic as I was coming out of Dynamite. I thought Dynamite did, what, did a really good job at damage control. And that was mm-hmm. starting with Tony Khan's annou- announcement straight through with the MJF bit, John Moxley giving that amazing promo where he was really just rallying the troops, Chris Jericho essentially coming out and saying, you know, it's it's my locker room, Wardlow's message, which seemed to be like, look, I'm here to stay. All those types of things, the way the matches kind of unfolded, it really felt like an old school, school dynamite where there was a lot more positives and not as many negatives, not as many things that you can point to and be like, what the hell is this? And it's not just related to the backstage drama stuff. It was like, that was the first Dynamite in a long time where it was just like, okay, we're going to focus on Dynamite. We're going to get back to our roots. We're going to put on some good matches and we're going to tell some good stories and get people invested. I thought that Tony did the best job that he could have possibly done. I still have some reservations about, you know, the way Tony handled it at the at the press conference and I, I'm not so sure that he showed the best sort of leadership during that exact moment, but he made the best of it last night. I mean, you're kind of put in a tough spot if you're Tony Khan where your top champion is going up burying your EVPs right in front of you. You kind of don't want to react too quickly and he kind of just froze in the moment. It seems like this, you know, past dynamite, he did exactly what he needed to do. Suspended everybody, vacated all the titles and put the focus back on the talent that is there, as you pointed out already. You know, even to the point where people noticed that CM Punk and the Elite weren't even in the Dynamite Open. Like, we're not talking about Punk. We're not bringing up Kenny Omega. We're not bringing up the Young Bucks. As far as we know, they're not on the show, so why talk about them? And even the fact that Tony Khan 
just said he vacated the titles. He didn't really go into depth why he had to, which some people are kind of criticizing. Okay, why didn't they mention it? At this point, if you're a wrestling fan, you know what happened. I don't want to hear, oh, I don't check Twitter. Oh, I don't read the dirt sheets. I'm sure someone has told you or it's come up even in your Google news feed or something. What happened between CM Punk, the Young Bucks, and the Elite? Could he have given some kayfabe answer? Yes, but don't air the dirty laundry, I think. And I think that was fine. And I think starting this show after the words, MJF comes out. His segment was absolutely great. First off, you thought he made this big baby face turn. And he's like, oh, I love you guys. I love Tony Khan. I was just kidding. And then he flips it around when Moxley comes out. He's like, nope, Buffalo sucks. Josh Allen sucks. You all suck and whatever. And put the heat right back on him. And when Moxley said, put up or shut up, he walked away. John Moxley's promo was exactly what it needed to be. I tweeted this on our Twitter page at SCPB Podcast. That was a perfect promo. Everything that he said about taking the ball and when the game's on the line, you want that ball. Perfect metaphor because Moxley's a guy that through all the good and bad, he's always been there. Even when he left to deal with his demons, he came right back and was the forefront of AEW. He really has been the flag bearer and what AEW is all about. Say what you want about his in-ring talents. He really is the face of AEW. Yeah, and I think there's definitely a lesson to be learned here because certainly we know this from WWE. And I think that last night was a good indication that it's the same in AEW. And it was the same in WCW and, and, and most wrestling promotions. No one wrestler, no one talent is bigger than the business. Uh, you could look at the Hulk Hogan's of the worlds, the Stone Colds, the Lesners, all those guys that decided I'm done. I'm going elsewhere. I'm walking out. The industry and the company, while it may suck initially for them from a business perspective, not not exactly like the actual product that lives on, man. They find the next guy up and, and they, they go out there and they perform. If, if nothing else, as bad as this situation is for punk, for fans, for the Bucks, for Kenny, because they're all talented guys. But but from the fan perspective, it stinks because we get gypped out of some really good matches that I think a lot of people are looking forward to. From a talent perspective, does it stink to not have a guy like a, a CM Punk who's going to drive the revenue, the pay-per-views, and the exposure and all that stuff? Somebody that you would hope gets you to that next level to compete with the WWE? Yeah, it sucks not to have a CM Punk in backstage from, from a business standpoint. But if you're Moxley, if you're Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, whatever, Darby Allen, if you're any of those young up-and-comers, that's four spots right there that are now open for you to essentially let me prove myself. And, you know, last night, I think, was an indication of a couple of things. One, it showed that, look, we, we don't need those guys. They're all great in their own right. CM Punk, amazing talent in the ring, amazing talent on the mic. We know what he brings. Kenny Omega, the best bout machine. The Young Bucks for what they mean to tag team wrestling as EVPs, all the other stuff. Show was good last night. They weren't there. Business moves on. And I think for Punk, I think this is going to be an opportunity for him to sit back and realize that I think he got caught up in his own hype. If this is real, if this is not a work, if this is whole thing is not a fabrication for some elaborate storyline that's going to have some crazy payoff at the end of it. I think in that moment, Punk thought he was bigger than AEW. 
Punk thought he was bigger than Tony Khan. Punk bought into the whole, his own hype thinking, I could say what I want, do what I want. These people won't let me go. They need me. They need you in the short term. There's guys there, man. The Wardlows of the world, the Moxleys, the Brian Danielsons. And I think he's going to look back on this and either say, look, I'm done. I don't want to wrestle anymore. This isn't for me. I came back. I tried to do it. The business has changed. I don't want to deal with those kids, as he put it. And the business has surpassed him or the mindset has surpassed him. And it's just not aligned with what he wants wrestling to be. Or he looks back on it and he's like, I need to do better. And he goes to the, he goes in front of all of them and he's like, look, I'm and the bucks do and Kenny, because from what we're hearing, pounding on the door, kicking the door, whatever happened, I don't know. But as EVPs, they're equally as wrong as he is. I mean, we're hearing conflicting stories. We're hearing the bucks and the, and Kenny side of the story where they didn't, you know, bust through the door. Kenny, all he did was try to get the dog out of the way and Ace Steel ended up biting him. Punk came swinging first. That's their side of the story. Meanwhile, on the other side, it's the Bucks kicked in the door and came like instigating. And that's what, you know, in self-defense, Punk did what he did. Regardless, it feels like something did was wrong on both sides. So they should be reprimanded for it. Now, they're doing an investigation, and once that investigation is done, we'll know full hand what the full-on repercussions are going to be for everyone involved, including Michael Nakazawa, including Christopher Daniels, Ace Steel, who also reportedly got suspensions as part of this as well. So it's it's a mess. But you also hear that there was this backstage rah-rah meeting led by the likes of Chris Jericho that's like, listen. We're here. We want to make this product better. Let's turn the ship. And what I saw on Dynamite was forget what happened with Punk. Forget what happened with the Elite. They're gone. Do they come back? Who knows? But you know what? People are going to come and go in this business. Let's just focus on us. Let's focus on the show at hand. And let's give the fans a damn good show. And I thought that's what they did last night. And a pretty newsworthy show outside of the backstage stuff. Yes. Yep. We got new trios champions and history made actually as the first double champion was made in AEW history as Pac, who is the all Atlantic champion now also wins the trios championship with the Lucha brothers beating the best friends in orange Cassidy last night in a very fun yet chaotic trios match. As you typically see with AEW where Rick Knox just looks flabbergasted at all these different people in the ring without actually enforcing any tag rules. Dan Housen's trying to curse everybody. Pac completely no-sells it, which is amazing. I love when everyone just no-sells the cursing from Dan Housen. I, I feel like the right team won here. And of course, Ralph's got to be excited because once again, Orange Cassidy doesn't win a big match. Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't rooting against Orange Cassidy here. We all know my thoughts. Anybody that pays attention to our show on a frequent basis knows both my feelings on Orange Cassidy and my feelings on trios tag matches. It is what it is. I accept it for what it is. I accept I'm in a good mood. I'll accept Orange Cassidy for all of his illogical <laughs> wrestling flaws. And even, you know what? Dan Housen, he makes a nice little pet outside the ring too. He's a good guy. So, um, <laughs> That, it just had a different vibe. Dynamite had a different vibe to it that I have not felt in, in a long time. It felt, there's not an exact word, let's say stuffy. Dynamite felt stuffy for a while where it was just like 
something's off. It's just not the dynamite we're used to. It's missing focus. It's missing, like, I'll give you an example. Darby Allen, if you really want to shake things up, you got Brian Danielson, you got Jericho, whoever else that's in that tournament, why not run with it? If you're trying to prove a point, we are AW, this is what we we live for, this is our mission statement, we are going to stay true to who we are, we're riding the ship, it's a new day. Darby's ate shit for a long time. You're saying Darby should win the, t- the tournament. Why the hell not? Why the hell not? Because he's got to go through the face of AEW to do so. And what what a great story that would be for the ultimate underdog to do that. He could drop the title at MJF. No matter what, I think whoever wins that is certainly dropping the title at MJF. But if you want to prove a point and you want to say we are all elite wrestling, this is who we are, this is what we're, you know, what we do, why not give Darby his opportunity? I mean, at this point, the way AEW started, I think they did some foreshadowing here that Moxley's winning the tournament, getting that title back that he, some people are arguing should have never lost that all out. It's Moxley versus MJF at full gear because MJF isn't going to cash in that chip until full gear. And you sell that pay-per-view and that's good. I think do very good money, especially because it's a rematch. Tie in the fact that Moxley used an illegal move the first time they met. And this is, MJF's crowning moment. He came back to win that championship and he's going to do so. You talk about MJF, but also, you know, his old muscle. Wardlow finally showed up on Dynamite 2, which is exciting. He didn't do much. He did his typical, like, headbutt, clothesline, powerbomb symphony. Fans love it. But then he cut this, this promo pretty much saying any podcasters, us included, News journalists, whoever, saying that he lost the momentum. You know what? It's still Wardlow's world, and we're living in it. I think this is the start of something good with him. I think we're going to start seeing him on a more consistent basis, whether it's Weekly Dynamite, showing up on Rampage to defend the TNT Championship there to help boost ratings in that show. Focus back on that TNT Championship that really, since Merrill lost it, has lost full-on focus. You know, Wardlow can write that ship. And I think this is part of the reset Tony Khan has created with Wardlow, you know, coming out and saying, forget what you heard, forget what you believe. I'm coming out here and making myself a star again. Absolutely has to be. It's been a long time coming now where he's, he hasn't really had, I mean, yes, he had that small feud um, where he won the title, but he really hasn't done a whole lot since beating Max. And I, and that's something I've been critical of, and I'm not the only one. I think a lot of people share that same sentiment while you know certain tag matches and other matches were going on with people from different promotions. I felt like they should have absolutely put some focus on Wardlow, some time and effort into developing. Probably their, other than MJF, uh, their most over-homegrown talent. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and even MJF came in with a little bit of steam. I mean, he was pretty well known on the indie scene. He did some stuff in MLW Wardlow. Not a whole lot. You knew about the guy he's got, he's right. got the look. Um, he's got the title. He looks like a megastar. Um, mm-hmm. it's time to give him a few that's worth getting invested in. It's time for him to do something other than just power bombing random people. It'd be interesting to see who goes after the TNT championship for him and like what, plans they have in place so people saying you know if jericho loses the tournament let jericho go after the tnt championship you know something like that a big name needs to be tied to wardlow at this point 
talk about all these different championships, guys that are getting pushes, guys that are over with the crowd. With this being in Buffalo, Daniel Garcia is in the main event against Wheeler Yuta for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. A lot of tie-in with this as, you know, Jericho, who did not have Daniel Garcia come out for him when he beat Brian Danielson. Jericho said, if you win tonight, I'm not coming out. Lo and behold, Daniel Garcia wins the match against Yuta in a pretty good match, I will say. It was a very, very good match. Crowd ate it up. Crowd popped for it. But Brian Danielson comes out, congratulates Daniel Garcia, and this eventually leads to Chris Jericho coming out angry, like, dude, what are you doing? This is my rival. This is my opponent in the tournament. Why are you letting him congratulate you? Give like having the belt go around your waist from him. And even you kind of saw Wheeler Yuta too. Like, why are you congratulating him and kind of like pushed him away? I kind of like the way this ended and kind of gave you a little bit of cliffhanger of, oh, what's going to happen with Garcia? What's going to happen with Yuta? And even Regal tying in, oh, I wish Garcia would be in the Blackpool Combat Club, but we need opponents that will elevate our own team. If we just grab everybody that's similar to us, we have no one to, you know, contest against us. So I thought that was great commentary from him too. And I just thought it was a great way to close out the show with that cliffhanger ending of, I want to see more next week. Whatever people want to feel about those two guys, at least it's encouraging to see them follow up on something week in, week out. So it feels like it's important. It feels like each week it's progressing the storyline. There's some subtleties between multiple storylines there. And that's when when storytelling is at its best. Now, am, am I a huge fan of either of those guys? Admittedly, no. But does that mean that I'm totally uninvested in the whole thing? No, because it's still telling a good story and it's giving me a reason to watch. I'm not that invested in either of these guys. But you know what? It's got Brian Danielson involved in it. It's got Jericho involved in it. So yeah, I'm going to pay attention to it. That's like one of the actual feuds and storylines they've put some focus on. Um, which is encouraging because while they've put focus on those storylines, they've certainly lost focus on other storylines. So hopefully now, you know, they can just focus on dynamite. They could focus on putting on the best matches, putting over the right talent. And, you know, should, it should be good. You know, it, it, it was good last night. So you talk about putting guys over being on consistently and all, you know, all that other stuff, someone that is over, or I should say, a tag team that's over right now and was over at all out was the acclaimed and everyone was expecting a huge rap from Max Caster, right? What's he going to say about punk? What's he going to say about Kenny? What's he going to say about the Bucks and this whole thing? So he comes out ready to rap, but swerve comes out and interrupts crowd hates that they chant asshole. Billy Gunn gets involved with them on the mic too. And crowd loves him. I mean, who would have thought Billy Gunn would be this over in two, in 2022? I wasn't expecting that, but this thing with the acclaimed and Billy Gunn right now, you got to run with it. And that's why we're getting this tag team rematch for the championship at Grand Slam. And I kind of called it, you know, try to run it back. And they are added bonus that we're getting a heel turn from Swerve. I thought this was good. I think this is another step in the right direction too. Absolutely have to put the belts on the acclaimed um, strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. Like you said, who would have thought in 2022, really two things. One, 
Billy Gunn from out of nowhere is one of the most over guys in the company. And two, he's actually cutting promos. You know, that he, that was something that, you know, they wanted to give him the ball so many times in the past in WWE, WWF in the day. And they just, he was just like, nah, I don't, I don't want to do it. Don't, don't want to run with it. Whatever the case was, mm-hmm. he's super over. The acclaimed, I mean, it really kind of came from almost out of nowhere. But that match itself, you know, I don't know if it was a matter of them being over with that crowd, them performing in that match, and it's just carrying over. Um, but they absolutely should win those titles. This is a step in the right direction for AEW, a wake-up call, and maybe with those four not on TV for a while can set AEW back to where they were, you know, a year ago, where everybody was talking about them. Everybody wants to watch Dynamite. It was must-see TV on Wednesdays, and, you know, we could get away from this weird weird valley that AEW encountered so let us know what you guys think in the comment section also give us a tweet at scpb podcast on your favorite podcast provider give us a five-star review subscribe hit that bell for notifications and we'll see you on the next episode of the squared circles i go babble